This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. The death of my son, moving three times in six months, my parents' divorce, my husband's job loss. I was, you know, 12 weeks postpartum, my then husband came out to me as transgender. And just a couple weeks later, um, our son suddenly died. My bottom story? Yeah, let's take notes on what my bottom story is. My bottom story sounds like porn. It sounds like such a thing, like I'm having like gay sex. This is my bottom story. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our brand new podcast. This is As Long As I'm Living. I'm Alina. I am 30 years old. I live outside the Boston area. Um, I am Quinn's mom. So the biggest, most important thing in my life is my son, Quinn. Um, Unfortunately, he died earlier this year. So I'm still very much in the thick of grief. In the depths of despair, a couple months ago, I got a message on Reddit from somebody who also lost a son earlier this year. And I will let her introduce herself right now. I'm Judith, the infamous Reddit messenger. (laughs) That was the first and only time I've sent a Reddit message, but it turned out all for the best. And I'm Aiden's mom. Aiden died of SIDS in March. And ever since then, I've been figuring out how to live without him. And I'm pregnant with a new baby due in April. Today, I'm pregnant. Today, I'm pregnant with a new baby due in April. Who knows about tomorrow? I mean, yeah, it's true. Hopefully alive. Yeah. So SIDS, um, in case anybody doesn't know, is sudden infant death syndrome. So essentially babies, they just die. Um, they're healthy babies. Yes. Healthy babies. They just, while they're asleep, they just stop breathing. They forget to breathe. Um, it's still totally unknown cause, but, um, that is what happened to both of our sons. And we just happened to meet up on the internet and, you know, we're grieving together. So, I mean, both of us, we feel like happily ever after is out of the question for us, but happier ever after is, is possible. So that's our goal. Happier ever after happier than, than what we have right now, which is a very, um, sad life. We have sad lives, but, um, we're grateful to have, you know, our health and to have each other. So, um, that's, that's, that's us. Welcome. Why are you under a blanket? I set up a podcast corner. It's a sheet. Do you love it? Do I look official? Oh, is that to make sure the sound is accurate or something? Yeah. We are so, we had this idea two days ago. I know, but we're two doers. It's true. We are two doers. We're two doers. So this is what happens when you get two doers together. My cat is like trying to get on my sheet. Miguel, you cannot be on top of this, buddy. This is not a seat. So our title, As Long As I'm Living, comes from the book, Love You Forever, by Robert Munch. Robert actually experienced um, infant loss himself with his wife. And um, in the book, it documents the story of a little boy growing up. And every night when he's sleeping, his mom goes into his room and rocks him to sleep. And he says, and they say, I love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And when Aiden was a baby, we read that story to him. And then um, on the day of his funeral, we read it again. And I think it just evokes what motherhood is. 
as long as I'm living, Aiden will live through me. And as long as I'm living, I will love him. I will grieve his loss. And um, I don't think before I ever went through this experience, I thought much about the word forever. I think that as long as I'm living is as much of a forever as I can Mm -hmm. think of right now. Yeah. That is forever. So I actually didn't know that he experienced a loss until I was looking at this, looking this up before we were going to record today. And so that was actually new information for me. And it kind of added an additional layer to that book that I didn't know of before. I, I have to admit that I found that book a little bit creepy. There's parts of that book are a little creepy. That mom, like people really don't like that book. I actually, I love the sentiment of the book, but she like climbs into like his, his window when he's like an adult. Which is, like, so- I know, I know, I know, but I, but I do love it. I love it. And I love, um, for me, like, I, I think any person listening who's a mom or a parent, like when they hear as long as I'm living, they will think of that book truly. Like, I really do think that because it's such a ubiquitous book. I mean, it's been around for like longer than we've been alive. Um, and people have been reading it to their babies and they've been reading it to their grandbabies and they've given it to like their, you know, grandparents. It's like a very, um, it's a well-loved, well-known book. And so for me that the title of this podcast is very evocative and makes me, you know, think of a mother's love, which is this, this podcast in some ways is a love letter to our, to our sons, because we, we want to keep their memory alive. We want to, you know, honor their, honor their life, their short lives, um, and I think we want to document how their lives changed our lives forever. Yeah. Yeah. We're only on this journey because of them. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, that's kind of the other piece of the title, as long as I'm living, like there were days after Quinn died that I did not want to be alive. Um, I never felt suicidal. I know some parents do. Um, I, but I 100% every minute of the day in those first early weeks, when you're so shell-shocked, I, every time I was aware that I was awake, I could not believe that I was still alive because the pain was so excruciating that it felt as though I would just keel over and die. It, It literally felt like it was going to kill me. And I literally wanted to be dead. Like I used to say, and I would freak my family out. I would say, I would relish the opportunity to be dead. And now I'm a little bit further out. I'm in, I'm still very much in the early stages of grief. As you mentioned, our children died less than a year ago. Like this is all still very fresh, but, um, you know, I have a different, we have more perspective now. And we definitely, I know both of us, we've talked about this a lot. Like we feel like as long as we're living, as long as I'm living, I want to, I don't want to let this horrific thing that happened to me and my family destroy the rest of my life. Like, yes, my life is worse because this happened, but as long as I'm living, I really, I, it's very important to me that I don't let it ruin everything else. So I have a real commitment to like still trying to make, I mean, lemons out of or lemonade out of lemons. I mean, I guess. That I feel I, like it's not even lemonade out of lemons. I feel <laughs> like it's more like just like something edible out of lemons. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like we'll make anything. We'll like eat lemon zest at this point. <laughs> Every time I hear of a lost story, it's always oh. when the person is better and the person has a new life and the person found a sense of peace and knows what they've grown and how much they've understood ever since their loss. And I just don't think that that's my story right now. Right now, my story is at the very bottom 
everything is bad. It's hard for me to see where that brighter future is. And I think that that's the story. The story is how do we get out of this hole? We thought sharing it might help other people see how it gets done, the sausage, how the sausage is made. Yeah. What grief looks like from the inside, what persevering looks like, you know, what self-care really looks like when you're not well. So what follows is Judith and I were just kind of chatting and planning out what we might say in our first podcast. And, you know, at some point when we were chatting, we realized that this was actually what we wanted to share. So, um, you know, in a little bit, in a couple minutes, we're going to just go ahead and play for you our actual real conversation, just kind of lightly edited and, you know, apologies for the kind of funky audio. We are still figuring this out. But, um, you know, before that, I know, Judith, you wanted to start with, like a funny story about what it feels like to be at the bottom. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what? what? No, I think this story is really funny, but everyone else in my family has this look of horror when I <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, but the, but this is how I knew I was at the bottom. I two two months after Aiden died, my brother got married, and I had to go to his wedding. I was told that I had to be at his wedding weekend, um, and so I went. It took a lot out of me. Everyone was so happy and at the same time staring at me, watching at me, but no one said anything to me. No one came over and said, I'm sorry for your loss. Everybody just stared. I had already gotten Aiden like a little suit to wear and I had to watch my parents take pictures with all the other grandchildren. I had to to be a part of entire family pictures when clearly someone was missing, but it felt like I was the only person who saw that someone was missing. So um, I made it through the wedding alive, intact. And then the day after the wedding, I went to my sister's house when no one was home before I headed to the airport. And I just got overcome with this feeling of just grief and sadness and loneliness and anger and exhaustion. And I looked in her fridge for something to snack on and I saw my brother's wedding cake. And I opened the box with the full intention of just eating it. That was the full intention. And then somehow I ended up throwing it all over my sister's kitchen. I remember when I was lying on the floor watching the icing drip from the walls. I remember thinking, I think that this is the bottom because I felt completely out of control. And I think somewhere when I threw the cake on the walls uh, and got on the floor, I realized I had passed the point of return and all I could see was darkness until my nephew came in and he was like, why is there a cake on the walls? And I was like, oh, because I was really sad that Aiden died and I was really mad. My nephew goes, at my school, we're taught that when we're angry, we should just walk away. And then I thought, no, this is the bottom. (laughs) Being schooled by a five-year-old. And that's that's when I was like, I just don't see a way out of this never ending pain. Do you remember? Do you remember? So this was one of our earliest conversations. You confessed this to me. And do you remember my confession after you told me that? No. What did you do? So I didn't remember either, but I went back and looked in preparation for this episode. And in exchange for you telling me that story of you completely losing it, I told you, okay, so, um, my son, we, uh, we cremated him and oh, I remember this story. I remember this story. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my confession. 
um, we cremated my son and I have a ring um, made that has some of his ashes in it. And so I sent some of his ashes to a jewelry maker and she made me this beautiful ring that I adore. And um, she sent me back the ashes that she did not use. And so his ashes arrived back in this little plastic bag. And I was like, what am I? And there was not a lot in there. There was like hardly any in there, but I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't just like rinse. I can't rinse this like little tiny eighth of 16th of a teaspoon of my son down the sink. Like, what am I supposed to do? So, um, I, I ate it. (laughs) And I remember thinking in my head, like, wow, (laughs) that's a lot. I licked it. But I understand, like, what were you supposed to do? I mean, what was I supposed to do? Like, send him into the sewer? I mean, honestly, like, in hindsight, now I'm further out. Like, this was, like, this was, like, still, it was, it was still kind of fresh. Like, I, I, I'm a, I am at a different phase of grief than I was then. But um, I did eat some of my son's ashes, just a teeny bit. And I do wish I, I do wish I had not done it because now I do know what um, ashes taste like. And um, it's not good. <laughs> Listen, I get it. There's no judgment. Like, what what were you supposed to do? This is, I mean, okay, so there you go. There you have it. You're listening to a podcast by two people, one who threw her brother's wedding cake at the wall and was schooled by a five-year-old in emotions management, and one who licked her um, dead son's ashes because she couldn't bear to rinse them down. Yeah, but my therapist says I'm doing great. Mine does too. (laughs) Another topic for another episode. (laughs) All right, guys. So anyway, um, enjoy this episode. We really hope that you learn something or feel something, or even if no one listens, we had fun recording it. That's for sure. And we'll listen to it and feel something. Yeah. Let's have a quick check-in. What is your goal for this podcast? Give me a minute to process and I'll tell you. Yeah. Before this even happened, I would have wanted to listen to a podcast like this. I think that this is the real stuff of life. Like, I think this is what humanity looks like at its purest form. And I think that this is where greatness happens. You know, like, I feel like this is where the journey happens. This is what life is all about. Like, I, I and I guess I kind of want to either share that or watch that. Like, I just think it's something to be documented. That's all. I love what you just said, because for me, my goal for this, if no one ever listens to this besides the two of us, I still think it's worth recording because I feel like I can measure my own growth from the little tiny bits of documentation I have done, the little bits of a grief journal, the little bits of video clips that I've taken. Like when I see like my scrawl notes from therapy, like three months ago, like see my own growth and I can see how the work I'm doing is, is helping me and is making me better and helping me heal. And I think there's something, there's like such a benefit for me, just, just even just for me to recording this and, and taking this seriously as something that's worth documenting. Yeah. And if other people want to listen to it, great. But I also like, I won't be disappointed if people listen to it. I don't care at all. I I think of course, if someone did, I think, like, I don't know. I know a lot of people are lonely and I think that what we have in the friendship is really unique. Yes. So I think most, I think if, if you don't have, like, if you don't find a friend on the internet or you don't like the person you're thrown together with because they had the most recent loss, like 
my we could be their friend too. I we're also so lucky that we. I know. So, I say all the time. I tell my therapist all the time. I'm like, we're so lucky. But I also think I spend a lot of time thinking, which in yeah. the future I do. I don't think I will ever spend as much time thinking and feeling as I do right now. Yeah. And I think that there's something like unique to that. I don't think I have yeah. much to really document in normal life because I'm not doing all this thinking and feeling. But now I it's totally like. Agree. I have a whole podcast worth of thinking and feeling. I totally agree. And like, here's another thing too, that I'm just thinking about, like sometimes in therapy, I feel like I spend the whole hour, like just talking and I feel so much better afterwards, just like dumping a whole bunch of thoughts. What if I could use my therapy more for real therapy? That's <laughs> 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 time you could just use your therapy and that $275 just to hear myself have the exact same thoughts that I had at night in the middle of the night. What's the next step in making a podcast? We record it. That's it. And then we just like upload it. It's going to feel so good to do. I think this is a project and it's going to feel really good. And we're going to accomplish something. No, I think we should start by saying that today is a good day. And we know it's a good day because we're both sitting up. We're both at our computer. We're both speaking sentences. We've come up with this whole idea. That's how we know it's a good day. We're laughing. This is a good day. Yeah. And not every day is good though. Let's be honest. Every day is good. This is a really good day. This is what a good day sounds like when you're grieving. Yeah. Normal. You know, it sounds like a normal human being. Right. And I, I am hoping and kind of expecting that episodes of this podcast, some of them will be recorded on days that we feel really not so hot. Yeah. Bad days. Yeah. I think it's important that we record on bad days too. I agree. Remind me what our first episode is about. Okay. Our first episode is just going to tell our stories. I think we should tell our stories and basically like fill out, flesh out the the details. Of- I, think we, I think we should start about, um, I think we should start with a funny story, like a bottom yes. story. My bottom story. Yeah. Let's take notes on what my bottom story My bottom story sounds like porn. It sounds like such a sick thing. Like I'm having like gay sex. This is my bottom story. My bottom story. Did a little, what's it called? When you have to clean out your poop. What's it called? An enema. Yeah. My bottom story. The first time I felt like I hit rock bottom was when I threw the cake at my sister's kitchen. That was a bad, that was bad moment. What about you? I was, you know, 12 weeks postpartum. My then husband came out to me as transgender. And so I'm reeling from that. And just a couple weeks later, um, while we were still trying to figure out what that meant for our marriage and for our family, um, our son suddenly died at three months and 27 days old. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and like for a while it was like, it was just too much. Like I couldn't even process And then like slowly over time, I think I've like done a really good job so far of like processing the loss of my son, but obviously like there's so many layers to this loss and I'll be processing it essentially forever. For my story, I think all of my big losses happened all at once, like in the span of three weeks. Whereas for you, you have had a little loss, a little loss. I mean, not a little loss, like piecemeal over the course of yeah. like months. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And I think for me, when, when Aiden died, the weeks leading up to his death were the happiest weeks of my whole life. Like everything just kind of like fit into place where I wanted it to. And I think going 
from like dream, like getting everything you've ever dreamed. Yeah. Losing everything, losing literally all those things that I had that made it the dream that it was um, all in one day. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't even think I'm processing all of it yet. And by all of it, (laughs) I mean the death of my son, the birth of my nephew, moving three times in six months, my parents' divorce, my grandmother's death, (laughs) my husband's job loss, my job (laughs) ending. So all that in six months, that's a lot. I've just a lot. I love you have a smile on your face right now. And like, we always, we laugh and we talk about this because it's like, it's a lot. We have to laugh sometimes. Because it sounds funny. It sounds sounds absurd. Like if I were to explain this to a stranger, like, I don't know at what point they would like their mouth would drop. Like, (laughs) I just want to know, like, how much is the limit of like, this is a lot. Yeah. Is, Is it just like the death? That's a lot. Or is it like the death? the loss of jobs, the move, the the divorce, like which part of it are you like, wow, that's too much for any human to handle? Because I'm not quite sure for myself. I'm not quite sure for myself. Like what point I was like, this is too much. Like what was the breaking point? (laughs) Breaking point. Yeah. I don't even know. And I think what else is scary for me is because it happened like every month it was a new thing is like, I still don't know what next month. Yeah. I don't know when next crisis is going to happen. And I think I'm reminded when I was talking earlier about the bottom, I feel like I'm afraid that I'm not even at the bottom. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's like a very real, it's a very real fear. Yeah. So you've had your worst nightmare happen. It's really, really hard to tell yourself, but that was it. Now going forward, things are going to get better things are going to get better. Like, and I, I have this like really strong belief that like in 30 years, like I am going to have a husband again, like the, just this divorce and like this year of intense grief, like I'll think back to this year and like, be like, how did I make it through that? You know? And I believe that I'll be happy again. I do believe deep down that I'll have more children, but like, and I can see, like, I can zoom out and like 30 years from now, Alina, I can see her and she's happy. But like five years from now, Alina, one year from now, Alina, like that's a very blurry picture, you know? And so I wonder like when you look back on, like when you look back from 30 years ago, I wonder when you'll be able to say, okay, and that's the point where it turned around. Like from then up, you know, like right now we're so much in the thick of it. I don't, it just never feels like that day will come, but one day we'll be like, okay. And then from, you know, it was really hard. And then you moved apartments and it got better or you met this guy and it got better or yeah. you had a be t- baby and it got I better, got, it got better. I have an alive baby and it got better. You know, right. I feel like that or my husband and I got a job or we bought a house and we live somewhere, you know, like part of me wonders like maybe that day could be tomorrow at any time or maybe that tomorrow, like maybe it'll be years. No, I hope it's not years. <laughs> I'm pretty tired. <laughs> tired we are tired tired very tired you know what are you the one who told me there's two types of tired yes yes there's two types of tired there are I need sleep and tired I need peace yes yes and I think we're constantly needing peace 
and it's hard to find. I get little snippets of here and there. And those moments are so needed and I really try to lean into it, but they're few and far between. I know. Sadly. So what more do we need to describe the bottom? <laughs> this, what does the bottom look like? What does the bottom look like, Alina? <laughs> the bottom looks like the floor. The bottom looks like the floor. I mean, I, I think that I can probably gauge how bad I'm doing based on how much time I spend on the floor. And I think people outside of grief would hear that and they, they would think, oh, she's doing so poorly that so she can't get off the floor. But really it's that the floor is like my safe space. I know you totally get what I'm saying. The floor is like my safe space. And when I can't handle whatever else is happening, like the floor is always there for me. I'm so supported. It's like, I can't, you know, I feel like in my life, I'm like falling and like flailing. I was like thrown off a cliff when my son died. And when, you know, my husband came out to me as trans and then, you know, it turns out we were going to get a divorce. Like I was thrown off a cliff and I've been flailing and, and when I'm so tired of flailing and I'm so freaked out, like the floor just like holds me. And it's like, I think measuring how well I'm doing based on how much time I spend on the floor is I don't need to be on the floor when I'm, when I'm feeling better, you know, cause I can handle being standing up. But when I'm so, when I'm struggling, like I just need to be fully supported by something else. That's not going to give way to more hell. Part of me wonders if like, pe- I don't know what people who live normal lives would think when I say I'm on the floor. <laughs> I think they think it's metaphorical. I'm not sure they know it's like genuinely on the floor. Yeah. I don't really know. Like, I'd be curious. I'd be curious how that sounds from the outside. Like, does it sound crazy? I, does it sound normal? Like, I don't really know. I All I know is that until Aiden died, I never spent any time on the floor. Maybe yeah. I'd like talk to someone when I was on the floor, like just because it was comfortable, but I've never spent time like just living on the floor, like days on the floor, hours on the floor, just staring up at the ceiling. So napping on the floor, like napping on the floor, on the floor. listening to music on the floor, whatever I'm doing, just doing it on the floor. I don't think people, I don't think I'd ever, ever thought of going down there, like for any other reason, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's just because we're where we are you know at the bottom and what would the top look like to you like what would what are the things that you would be able to like look around and be like okay like I'm better I've made it to happier ever after I think that I will feel like my life is more on track you know like back on track when I am partnered again married um, I mean, not necessarily married, but like partnered again. And I was going to say pregnant with a new baby, but I think I would have to have like a one-year-old because after you have had a SIDS death, like I think the first year of your baby's life doesn't really feel safe. So I think for me, I would feel like what I really want is a nuclear family. Like I built this family with, you know, my ex, um, and we love each other very much, but you know, it wasn't, we certainly didn't expect for it to end this way, but like I, we built this little family together with, you know, our son and then it was all broken. Um, and I, I want a little family again. Like I, that was so special and meaningful to me to have my own little family. And I, I, I want that again, a husband and I want, you know, living children. I want alive children, alive children, alive children. 
I would feel like I've made it if my husband and I are both employed living somewhere where we don't like I don't know like I could tell someone like we're here for good what do you mean when are we moving I think that since we've got married eight years ago we've moved four times five times like I want to be somewhere permanently or at least as permanent as I can imagine and I want alive children and I just want stability like I want to know what I'm coming home to at the end of the day I want it to be the same number of people that I left in the morning. Yes. I want to wake up in the morning to the same number of living creatures in my home. Yeah. There the night before. I think this is the beginning of something good. Maybe we'll say like this was the beginning of when it got better. Maybe. We're in a period where we're both okay. You know, I was thinking on Friday, I was like, oh my God, I had a whole week that was good. Two weeks ago, I was a hot mess. And three weeks ago, you were a hot mess. Yeah. I feel like we're rarely hot messes at the same time, which thank God. the name of our podcast a hot mess <laughs> that's probably a podcast sir. that probably is a podcast and they're probably like really hot out on town not like sleeping that's in pajamas we are so, not hot out on the town <laughs> we are not hot out on the town especially because we haven't seen ourselves with makeup in so long i know look at how much we've accomplished in just one day was this our podcast did we just record our podcast <laughs> wow i'm so proud of us are you so proud i think it'll I'm be so, so proud, proud. So we're going to record, record a podcast. This is so great. You know, I've been talking about doing the TikTok thing for so long and I never did it. And now we're going to be podcasters. We're going to be podcasters. I never told you this, but I one time had this, um, I went to this career coach like three days before Aiden died. And she was like asking me a million questions. And then she was like, you know what I think about you, Judith? She was like, I think that you are an amazing vice president. She's like, not the president, because the president is like too much responsibility. And like, you don't like having that much responsibility, but you're so good in a supporting role. She was like, she was like, I think wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be best when you're like second in charge. I was like, oh, well, now you have a partner in podcast. My friend Miriam sent me. What's Miriam's fake name going to be? Her name's going to be Miriam. And I'm going to be so proud because everyone should have a friend like Miriam. Miriam sent me a package on Friday of like maternity jeans and all these new bras and she was like Judith like you just needed someone to do it so I just did it I was like that really did need someone to just do it I really needed some and they fit perfectly okay I will talk to you probably later congratulations Mm -hmm. on what on our podcast oh congratulations to you too look at us go high five okay high five Bye. Bye. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay. Okay, I'm making a Gmail account so I can make us an Instagram account. Oh my God. And cute. I know. I told you. I I used to be really functional. <laughs> okay. So the username as long as I'm living has been taken, but as long as I'm living podcast is not. Perfect. Good. As long as I'm living podcast, I needed to tell you now because I will not remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll send All right. an email from it when I get back. Okay. okay bye. bye.